0: Hello, this is Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. In this episode, I'll be talking with experts from bosch Rexroth. About, about the future of packaging machinery automation and packaging line control. With us today is Mike Van de Mortel, Senior Sales Engineer. Mike, thanks for joining us.
1: Hello, Lisa. Thanks for having us.
0: My pleasure. We also have Ilya Boyum, West Coast Sales and Applications Manager. And I probably messed up that last name, didn't
2: I? Not at all.
0: Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Ilya. And finally, we have Dave Cameron, who is the Director of Sales. Dave, thanks for joining. Hello, thanks for having me. It's wonderful to get a chance to talk with you guys today. And uh, just a little bit of a background on this. I had a wonderful conversation with these guys at the um, recent Westpac and um, ATS ATX West show in Anaheim, California, just a couple of weeks ago. And it was such a great conversation that we knew we had to do this as a podcast, or at least um, part of the conversation that we had, because we talked for quite a bit of time at the show, at the event. So, um, the topic um, we've seen that skill sets for packaging production personnel have shifted quite a bit in the last decade decade, um, with the inundation of mechatronics and um, more recently connected machinery in manufacturing and packaging operations. Moving forward, IT programmers will become more and more important for packaging line development and execution as the industrial internet of things becomes the rule rather than the exception. So gentlemen, um, tell us why is the factory of the future centered around connectivity and the industrial internet of things?
3: I'll start with that one. This is Dave. Um, Let me add some context and then I'll answer the question How's that. So we know that IT is a part of our everyday lives and Sometimes we think about it and sometimes we don't, but we know in our consumer world, our phones, our TVs, our cars, there's certainly an element that's evolved very quickly around IoT, right? around this topic. And so it's of course in the business world, the last years and all the rage, the last let's say five years and accelerating really quickly. So um, we're already familiar with it and now it's just making its way into production, like you say. So when the question is, you know, why is this factory of the future concept centered around it? Um, I would also say that we we understand, Bosch understands manufacturing being a large global manufacturer. So people know Bosch from power tools, from appliances, from automotive parts, right? So we, we are an expert in manufacturing from, large scale to even customization. And we're on a quest ourselves to optimize our production and to integrate this IIoT concept into our our production.
0: That's a so, great point,
3: yeah, it makes so makes total sense. So Lisa, we have to solve that problem ourselves as a manufacturer and Bosch Rexroth being the automation element of the Bosch business is supplying solutions in this space. And so this vision, this factory of the future, is a concept that we have about a, a factory that can do many things. it's It's very modular. it's It's basically a shell or four walls, you know, a ceiling and a floor in which you can move um, machinery around, power distribution around. Everything is um, you know wireless or five g. and that's the quest that we have. and and the, the end result is an optimized facility. And the heart of it is this IIoT. So that means, again, connected devices, doing things that are small batches to high production, and using the space in the way you need to use the space. So, customization to high production. So, we're on this quest, and we have um, automation within Bosch Ruckshaw to do that over the last years. And, you know, the element of it is around connectivity and is around IIoT. And, and I would say even going deeper, having a platform that can do such a, a thing, an automation platform on the machinery is, is really a key element to make this successful. So that's that's the element that Bosch Rexroth's providing that I've talked to you about on our Control X automation platform. And so that's where we're going as a company all the way from the Bosch production and then the supplying elements of an automation platform through bosch rex roth called control x so that's that's the journey we we are on and um it's it's going to go exponentially faster and everybody's working hard in this space to realize you know really cool results in production
0: okay um that's wonderful i love how you've um tied that into your own to the company's um, own experience because it is about that experience and um, what the needs are from a manufacturing point of view so thanks so much for pointing that out what are the um i think a lot of people are pretty aware of some of the uh, pros and cons of the industrial internet of things iiot but um, specifically from a packaging machinery and packaging line point of view what would you guys say are the, the the key pros and cons of that?
3: I'll take that one as well and and then, Elia, I'm gonna call on you to uh, to also comment, okay. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, so the on the pros side, um, you know packaging is is very driven by the consumer. You can see it on your grocery shelf, right? You can see from ten years ago, twenty years ago, less products and today you see an awful lot of choices and so that makes its way through that whole chain i described um, to production and so the pros of having this iot um, acceleration going on in this industry um, i would say is it really allows the um, let's say the optimal design of machinery to produce such a variety of products Um, It also allows the technology to be remotely supported, to be managed, to be upgraded. It allows for this artificial intelligence we're pursuing in machinery, smart machinery, to be possible. Um, So the pros are really towards the production flexibility and towards really great productivity. Um, And
0: and I think a lot, Dave, a lot of that productivity is really tied to time. You, you've uh-huh. um, talked about faster um, uh, quite a bit, and um, that is um, something that's a benefit as long as you can make uh, take advantage of that uptime.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, the cons, um, and then I'm going to turn it over to Eliot. The cons, um, I would say, when you, when you when you Get flexibility, sometimes an initial cost could be a little bit higher because you're you're adding more connectivity, you're, you're adding more technology. Um, so that's a possibility, not an absolute, I would say. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. And then as we're going to talk, I think in this dialogue is you're, you're now entering a space where you need more IT know-how at yes. the end user. So you're, you're just going to need some technology uh, game to be upped at the production facilities to be able to do some of this. Elia, how about your thoughts on it? Uh,
2: Yes, thank you, Dave. Um, Definitely a lot of advantages to the IoT in overall manufacturing space, and specifically for packaging machinery control and operations. So uh, more specific, I'm, I'm I, I'd like to maybe dive into the more specifics just as, as, as an example. Sure. Um, one of them is a centralized device management platform that IoT can bring to a production machine, like a, a specific packaging machine, because with a centralized device management platform, it can take a, a lead to maintain controllers and other field devices with the, the connectivity brings to the table, For example, um, firmware upgrades on a a motion controller or PLC, archiving tools uh, from remotes of the parameterization of the devices, potential hardware swap without qualified software personnel needed on site next to the machine. Another uh, benefit is remote diagnostic capabilities. Uh, With the IoT, the communication to the field devices of the machine is streamlined allowing quick application of diagnostics tools, whether from the remote connection or local implant connection, including platform agnostic visualization systems and dashboards. Another uh, benefit is definitely all the talent that's coming from uh, uh, schools, from universities, uh, young engineers that join workforce nowadays already familiar with the standard software tools that IOT is heavily reliant on but of course uh, no system is completely ideal and um, there are some uh, challenges with uh, implementing IOT in manufacturing environment specifically in packaging world of course in my opinion uh, I share with Dave uh, that um, the the topic of IOT requiring shift in um, educational paradigm of existing maintenance personnel who are not it savvy so we definitely need to establish training programs for traditionally plc centric maintenance uh, technicians and engineers we also have to pay more attention to the web security topics and there's going to need an additional investment to protect uh, the security and uh, know how of the machinery if we are if the machinery is connected and another one uh, my personal interest is uh, of h- having ability to coexist of the IT data with um, with the ability to bringing the data into the machine that is actually a hardcore real time data so what i'm talking about is the there is a currently a lack from several main field buses implementations to support both the real time communication platform designed for fast and deterministic interface for motion and process critical applications like robotics for example and also coexistence with the non-deterministic but high bandwidth IT communication that transports large data, for example, video, images, machine data. So there is a real need for development of the communication system that can do both, uh, that's okay. IoT can support.
0: Okay, Uh, and Ilya, is part of the reason for that is um, that other data transfer is that more for reports and for production data um, for uh, analytics a little bit more correct correct yeah so
2: uh, a lot of. There is a big demand right now for data collection, and this data collection process, ideally, would need to come in over the same communication channel as the uh, real-time communication platform for, for the or let's say robotics implementation. So this okay. upcoming TSN network, which stands for time-sensitive network, is poised to address this demand, and we can actually cover that in, a, in a, later on in this in this podcast. But there is definitely a need for combining this IoT data with a real-time communication platform that standard uh, modern uh, packaging machinery is relying on.
0: Sure, it makes total sense that in the moment. You're going to need just the information that you need, just when you need it, for the device, the machine, to be able to make its next motion or next step or next whatever it is that it's doing. And then um, all that data that's um, being collected to be shared somehow and processed later by a human with a brain who can, you know, make some determination about uh, the... the um, the production efficiency and uh things like that um wonderful i i love the way um how dave you gave the a little bit of a broader overview and then ilio you went into those really fine key points um mike i'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit here because i do want to hear um on the sales side of things uh, your, your, um what you're hearing from your customers as far as their um, comfort level with the industrial um, Internet of Things, if you wouldn't mind, um, if I'm not putting you too much on the spot here.
1: I don't think you're, you're not putting me on the spot, Lisa. I think, okay. uh, you know, trying to wrap my commercial mind around this factory of the future topic. I think that we're authoring it daily in our Mm -hmm. commercial conversations with key decision makers. And what comes up for me is the hardware and programmatic environment that we are enabling with our technology and our expertise at Bosch Rexroth is being driven by the requirement for the key CapEx decision makers at big enterprise companies to have a smart dashboard for their business without any latency. And they're not even sure what that dashboard is gonna look like. You know, uh, We have an example, Ilya and I are working with a vertically integrated OEM that has a, they have their own captive machine building division. Okay. And just recently, the principal decision makers are asking the IT people to be more involved in the technology direction of what they are building as an OEM for packaging machinery. So now we have the trusted resource for the key decision makers is the IT guys, the IT department. And they're asking them to get involved with the captive machine engineering department. And those two worlds are crashing together, right? And they're really just trying to enable uh, or create a smart instrument panel for the business principles. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's something that I see. And that's yes. something that I'm really happy to say we have a solution that's really intriguing and it's getting traction. It makes sense. So
0: okay, that's, my- um, that's great uh, because in this in in all of this talk that we have about automation and uh, the future of automation, Sometimes it's easy to forget that um, people are still going to be the most valuable asset that a a company, a factory can have. So, um, and Dave, you did reference this a little bit earlier yourself. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the challenge to find and hire Packaging production engineers who might also have uh, skill and/or knowledge in IT, um, and why um, that's so important. And yeah. also, maybe as we talk about this, you can uh, give our listeners a little bit of advice on where the packaging departments should look for those people. Um, is it, you know, STEM schools, uh, packaging schools? should they be um, recruiting from Google? (laughs) Let's talk about that.
3: Yeah, well it's a big topic. Um, Bosch believes heavily in our business that people are the center of our success in our business and most companies do, right? So I would would say that um, there's different layers. So the first thing I'll say is when we're talking about a packaging line, keeping production running, um, the goal is to make it easier. Just imagine your smartphone. If you can make the operator experience very simple and, and get away from the complexity of running the machine. Mm-hmm. It's just that's that's the goal and it's getting there. And and so from the element of the operator, that should be neutral in my opinion. It it should feel like a smartphone that they use every day. It should feel comfortable and, and I, I see that happening and it's evolving to a good place. So I think the existing skill set overall should be good and it should be a good experience and the people running the machine should should feel comfortable doing that. Now, to keep the production line running, I think Elia said it, um, the skill set of IT at the maintenance level is going to have to be, the game's going to have to be up there. So these guys are expert in electromechanical, for example, or fluid power or troubleshooting certain things. And now knowing how to you know how networks work a little bit better, and IP addresses, and cloud connections, and et cetera is going to just be part of that world. It's it's kind of unavoidable. Um, so it will attract it will attract someone skilled in that area who could be the younger out of school type of person that would love to do a job like that where they incorporate that that know how in school um, with something fun in production
0: and this is something a little bit beyond what we already have with some of the um uh technical schools that have mechatronic um curriculum so this is just a little bit more um as far as like the skill set goes on that um thanks for that so um Ilya, I know um, one of the things that – and Dave, I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the things that Ilya and Mike and I talked about at the show was cell phones um, and smartphones and how um, monitoring and or controlling a packaging line could at one one day be in the palm of our hands – with our smartphones, so um, it's. Uh, I'm really glad that you brought that up, um, Ilya. Do you have anything else to add um, to this about the uh, the challenge of finding the the personnel?
2: Uh, well, definitely, um, the the world is changing and changing very fast. So I do agree that uh, in the near future, uh, we will need to have people that have the right skill sets to. Uh, diagnose and troubleshoot, and, and and even just maintain the, the packaging line um, that utilizes the IOT. So it's not just about uh, not understanding from the electrical perspective how the protection circuit works, like circuit breakers, or how to diagnose the f- the blown fuse. But all and um, looking at the latter logic of the traditional PLC solution. But it will involve skill sets that would Require understanding how connectivity works because IoT is all about the connectivity. They've mentioned, of course, the cloud connection potentially, if uh, the specific uh, user has access to the cloud, for example, a lot of them still maintain that internally in planned um, connectivity. But it, it is can it, that skill set is going to be needed, already needed now, already needed now for sure in some locations. So, my advice to people. To somebody who is listening to us right now, and uh, whether in college already or considering to go to college, definitely, my advice is to look into taking classes that focus on um, connectivity, focus on uh, IT uh, in implementation, higher level languages, uh, languages uh, for sure. So this is this is the future where we actually seeing it right now. And as far as the STEM school, Lisa. Um, Every manufacturer, I'm sure, uh, wants to look into the STEM school graduates first to to hire, but I don't think... Uh, we need to focus on top of the class performers to 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 hire people uh, in the manufacturing world, just because the software tools becoming more and more of everyday topic. Uh, okay. Twenty years ago, that was a very unique skill set, but not anymore. So it's it's gaining popularity, and we look forward to working uh, in this space with the IT personnel.
0: Okay, so. Um... Going forward, maybe we shouldn't just discount all those deadbeat gamers that are out there that they might be the solution for the future. Um, that would yeah. be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't
2: I don't call them deadbeat anymore. These are some of them are pretty advanced <laughs> so yes, becoming they pretty are. advanced software engineers.
0: Yes they are. Um but before we move on from here I do want to um go back to something that you said because I think it was a pretty good insight Ilya and that was that at the same time we're going to be going to the next generation we can't forget legacy. And there is going to be that overlap where you are going to have those legacy systems um overlapping with the uh the next generation the future. And it might get pretty interesting to um, have the personnel in uh, uh, a company, in a facility who can handle that transition. Um, I, I hadn't thought yet about the, that, the difficulty of that transition. I mean, I, I know there's always a transition from one thing to the next, but um, it seems to me that maybe um, mentally this is a little bit harder of a, of a gap between those two systems of doing things than um, maybe in the past. I don't know. What do you guys think of that?
2: Lisa, I think I agree that traditionally, in the, in the past at least, we were always dealt with generational gap. A younger generation coming on board but they still work with an existing solutions that older generation uh, grew up with right so in, in this case we only dealt with a generational gap uh, but it, now we are also in addition to being generational gap in the workforce we're also lo- uh, going to be facing with the um, technology gap as well and 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 we have uh all together, all of us—we, um, we, uh, suppliers and and, and uh, end users and OEMs and vendors like Bosch Rexroth—I think we all have to find a way how to to bridge not just generational gap, which is ongoing, <laughs> uh, but also technological gap as well by by offering uh, tools and solutions that could address both. Uh, the old PLC environment and the new PC-based IT technology.
0: Wonderful, thank you, Ilya. Mike, you had something to, to add.
1: What comes up for me, Lisa, as we look at how we're going to make this transition? It sounds like that's what your question was, right? We're going to we're going to transition from the old, more closed architecture to this new open environment. And these two worlds are coming together. And it reminds me of years ago, I actually went to a trade school. And at the time, the automobile market was switching from uh, pure pure pressure differential and mechanical systems to electromechanical systems, because they had to meet the mandates for really advanced Underhood controls for emissions, and they ended up finding the talent, and I had the good fortune of participating in a trade school that did that. But what I think what we're going to probably find is just what Ilya mentioned. We're going to probably find a whole install of new talent we didn't even know we could mine, and it might be these new gamers that are telling us what they need multimedia-wise, right? Right. And we can show them maybe how to translate all of their recreational interests to the real world if they just learn these extra few things. And there's our new talent pool, right? So
3: we'll do yes, it.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Maybe
1: we'll that, run a packaging machine
3: and a, a gaming control. Who knows? It, right, <laughs> with a VR hood, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, we kind of laugh, but this is the whole point um, because uh, one of the things that you guys had shown showed me at the at the Westpac Show at ATX West. West was the um, you had a screen with the visual programming language of Blockly, uh, which I'll uh, have a link in the article with this podcast so people could learn a little bit more about Blockly. Um, but that is just a, a way of visually of using um, visual, of doing programming using visuals instead of code. I mean, the code is attached. To the uh, to the visuals, but um, it it really is amazing that something like that could have application in the real world, as we kind of like joke about. So, how how what do you guys think that the impact of that visual programming language, like Blockly, is going to have specifically on packaging automation in uh, coming years?
3: Um. How about I start? Um, Sure, Dave,
0: you take it away.
3: There's definitely a new toolbox that wasn't seen in the packaging market. So the the person designing the machines, traditional PLC language years ago and still still there. Um, But now you have Python and now you have JavaScript and you have these no code or low code. So when you get to Blockly, it's a visual programming from Google. And we call that low code approach. And it, it really does fit a certain area. It's very good for a simple robotics. It's very good to do functional things that are repeat or batching. So there's a place for it. And 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 it's easy to understand. It's easy to learn. Um, and there's other, let's say, places for the other languages I mentioned to do that. But um, I, I think you'll have a, a group of these in your toolbox as a designer, to be able to use as a best-in-class approach to a machine design in the packaging line. So um, even what we call no-code is really just filling out dialogues. And we showed this example at the um, uh, at the trade fair, this ATX. So you know, using using a cloud-based app to create a visualization is really non-coded using Blockly to do a function that's visual is a very simple way to do something, for example, robotically. But there are some things deep in the coding that might want a very structured language for foundational elements of the machine. The beauty is you can use what's best for the application and or what the application or the designer um, is is really comfortable with. That's a great thing to, to, to have.
0: Hmm. Um, That's interesting that you talk about that comfort level, because um, even though I'm not a coder, I could easily see the um, attraction of Blockly um, for speed of um, putting together things as well as just the ease. And, um, you know, maybe it's just because I'm more of a a visual learner than an an audio learner, but um, even still...
3: Even, Lisa, like the, the, this is what I'm calling no-code. Imagine your iPhone and filling out an app and, and, and just without an instruction manual, being able to do something on your smartphone that you've never done before. Well, mm-hmm. there's elements that we call no-coding, which is really just tying things together, pairing things together, um, and visualizing things. Or things you do day-to-day on your phone is, is now applied in the industrial space on a, in the packaging world um even as an example. We, we we are actually doing this in our day-to-day world. It's again, like I started, it's 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 making its way into a practical space in the in the industrial world. It's great.
0: It is, it's great. And I would imagine there's a lot of people listening that are thinking like I am is um come on guys, go go a little faster. Just a little bit faster. <laughs> Oh, there's such a need. Okay. Well, um, this has been wonderful. Ilya, Mike, you have any uh, last thoughts for, for us?
2: I just want to finish up on the topic of the programming languages. I think as we're all consumers um, uh, that, and we we always wanted to be uh, educated uh, and knowledgeable consumers and consumers always look for options. And uh, the factor of the future vision, our vision of the factor of the future is that we understand the need for options, not just for the hardware platforms, but also for the software tools. And I think the future, the factor of the future that we uh, envision is that the in the programming environment that we give a lot of options to to our customers as far as the programming tools and um Blockly, since I know you were very fascinated with the graphical languages like Blockly at the show, Lisa, and I think uh, there is a a place for Blockly and other uh, VPLs like uh, Node-RED, which is actually getting more and more popularity because it's it's a web-based tool set. But uh, we give options to a customer, and I think the the most uh, productive and efficient programming mach- machine that needs to be programmed is done in uh, with a different programming environments altogether multitude of them a graphical language may be uh, is used for the overall uh high level programming environments, but when you need uh, a deep dive more algorithmic uh, calculations then maybe blockly is not the best set then we give customers sure. their options to do it in c Sharp, c java python so g- giving this uh, tool set where we can um, use a multitude of different programming environments b- based on a Programmer's skill set and also the need of the machine, I think that's going to be a best approach. So that's kind of my uh, comment on that uh, programming languages, just because it's such an important topic, I think. uh, Because we've seen, uh, I've seen many, many times personally where um, different customers have totally different views on the same programming environment.
0: Sure, makes total sense. Total sense. Okay.
2: I have something to add.
0: Okay, Mike, final word. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm real excited about this because we we have been talking – we've been talking generally around this, but what we have and what we're offering in Control X is a platform that will harvest all the ingenuity that we have not even tapped yet. And here's an example. We're at the show, and a young man walks up to me and says, is that Node red?" And I say yes, and I start showing him, and you could see the wheels turning. And he immediately recognized these guys offer a platform for me to actualize all my inventiveness with a language that I can use. That's huge.
0: That is what we have. That's wonderful. Well, um, it's an uh, exciting time. It always is an exciting time in packaging. There's always something going on. But I have to say... um, the enthusiasm and the excitement that I had during our conversation in the booth has been duplicated here in this podcast. <laughs> and I am so grateful for you guys to not only let me tap into your brain, but for you to share um, all of these ideas with the uh, industry as a whole, as, with the packaging community as a whole. So I want to say thank you, Dave Cameron, Director of Sales. Thank you. Ilya Boyum, West Coast Sales and Applications Manager. And Thank thank you, Mike Van de Mortel, Senior Sales Engineer. Wonderful conversation, gentlemen.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you.